right, Freedom Family, let's talk. Things are getting pretty heated out there, aren't they? Things are getting to be moving faster than we can keep track of. Even with our whole crew here at Adam versus the Man and all of my supporters trying to keep me informed and to know what's going on, we are in one of those times when it's just too much. Now, there are a number of big questions we have to ask ourselves. And I'm so grateful that we have you joining us today for the cool, calm, collected conversation that we know is all the more important to have in times like this. Now, the first question that I'm tempted to ask is, does what we are experiencing right now represent a unique phenomenon, an isolated historical incident? Or is this the end times? Is this the big acceleration? Is this, is this what the asymptote feels like? Is this us moving past the era of statism entirely? Could this be the high watermark of government, the last splash before it comes back down? I wonder, and I don't think this is a question that we could ever have a truly satisfying answer to and be able to say, yes, this is it. This is, this is where we are, because that would mean we need to know not only where we've come from, which we can trace to a certain degree, but we'd have to know where we are going. What is the trajectory? And you know that I am more confident than ever towards freedom. <laughs> Through Adam versus the man, we are going to get to freedom. Voluntary society, the, the voluntary society that we envision is inevitable. The question is on that bigger road, that, that acceleration. Now look, acceleration towards freedom. Maybe this is a deceleration. Maybe this is an acceleration. But I know that the real progress towards freedom does not happen in times of chaos. It happens quietly in the periods in between. So the next question, where are we going with this? Well, to answer that, we have to look at where we have been. Now for that, we have to look at the two big crises we find ourselves in the midst of right now. George Floyd and the coronavirus. What's the connection? Just to go back a little ways here, we know that Trump is the greatest trick the Democrats ever pulled on the Republicans. How on earth did the grand old party end up nominating a New York liberal from 
this background of big government supporting socialization of this i just it, it was it was amazing truly amazing but do the democrats want him there not anymore no is it because he went rogue and he suddenly became a threat to their power no no it's not that this is just the power struggle among the elites the superclass that we should come to expect we should understand is just how society works right now so what was the coronavirus what was the crisis first of all the virus itself was nothing more than a funky off-season flu and probably less deadly than a regular flu so as a crisis, we know the real crisis is the forced unemployment crisis, not the virus itself. And what was the excuse? The death count that's come down over and over and over again. And now that it's down at a tiny fraction of what they were using to scare us into shutdowns and lockdowns and martial law and to giving up our power and to allowing them to rip us off to have nine plus trillion dollars of liquidity into the market. That doesn't come from the magical money fountain people that comes from us every time they create more money with the system. It devalues the dollars in your bank account, in your back pocket. It lowers the purchasing power of every dollar by every American who is living, surviving on fixed income. It is theft, it is a ripoff. That was the point. But was there a counter narrative? Was there something deeper going on? Remember at first Trump was against the hysteria, he came out and said it, oh, no big blue, no big deal, we can, we can handle this. And then three weeks later, he's bragging, <clears throat> straight up bragging at the White House press briefings about how much he's doing to fight the virus. And the, remember the first thing he did, <clears throat> first big thing I think, cut travel from Europe, to and from Europe, unless it was essential. That was, that was his big intervention. And of course, China. China, excuse me, need to go with the modern Trumpian pronunciation here. This was a trap that the Democrats set for Trump. And he walked right away. And what was, what was the, uh, what was the bait? nine plus trillion dollars in liquidity fascism authoritarianism more of your him coming straight out and saying it what, what was this the phrase i don't i don't remember the exact wording but he came out and said no no i have absolute authority it was like reminded me of nixon well when the president does it that means it is not illegal and I, the socialism was was obvious from before this started but the fascism with trump coming out and saying well we're just going to buy up some businesses some businesses are going to go out of business and then but don't worry they'll come back with new ownership 
fascism, the, the merging of corporations and the state. I mean, you can call it a matter of degrees. You could have denied it before, but now, really, after the 2000, I mean, like, just at what point do we go, oh, yeah, governments pretending to be capitalists are really there to serve their corporate masters in a system of corporate oligopoly of, 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 of some sort of some, some degree of fascism. It doesn't matter to what, to what degree. What is the point? What is the point of the institution? Keep the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor, which brings us back to this narrative about Donald Trump. He walked into this trap where he thought, oh, look, look, I can walk in. I, and you know what? Screw them. I'll get out of this. I can get out of anything. And he, at some point, I think he realized it was a trap. You notice how I started changing the narrative to drum up his supporters' hostility towards state governors and, and local shutdowns and lockdowns. You see how he changed his tune. He realized he was in a trap. He had one foot in, and he still had one foot out. And was going, all right, let me, let me get this, let me get this foot out of, out of the trap. I'm, I know we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start making. We're gonna, I'm gonna retweet something that says hashtag hashtag fire Fauci. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to turn against the, the lab coat mafia. I'm going to make it look like I'm against all this. We did what we had to, what was reasonable. And then he's going to, he's going to try, he tries, he tries to get his foot out. And he's like, he's got, he's, he's got his other foot out here on solid ground, solid political economic ground. He's going to send out checks with his signature on them. Right. And he goes and he goes, pull his foot out of the trap. And then, when he realizes he's got to push on this foot, there's a banana peel underneath it, and that banana peel is named George Floyd. And who's behind this? The mainstream media, obviously. Now, we're going to get to go over, and we'll have plenty of time to review all the new bad cop porn that's come out in the last few months, not just with corona, with the last few days with the protests against George Floyd, stuff that's not making the news of, of crowds of protesters being run over by police cars, of people being shot at by National Guard troops on their front porches in American suburbia. The thing about the George Floyd murder is that it's quite commonplace. Why did it turn into the flashpoint that it has now, today? And there's a connection with Corona and the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the desperation for the looting. It's been actually kind of disappointing to hear nobody as yet, not that I've been listening exhaustively when so many people are yelling into the void right now. But I haven't heard a whole lot of mention of the desperation of people. If you're a poor black man in America today and you lost your job because of the forced unemployment crisis, because of the virus, and you know that you live in a country that doesn't care about you where you're lucky to keep your home you're lucky to get assistance for food but you've essentially had your balls cut off and it's all the same system 
It's also been disappointing to hear very few reports that there has been targeted looting where the rioters are going after businesses that have donated to police associations. You donate to a police association. That's not how that works in America. No, very rare. Maybe a few, maybe perhaps a few small donors are naive enough to think that you make a donation to a police association. No, you're buying extra protection. Even, even in, like, I, I grew up in California, California, they have the California Highway Patrol 1199, which is their code for officer down association. And if you donate enough money, you get a badge you can carry in your wallet that says friend of the 1199 association. You get pulled over, you hand that over with your driver's license. You get a license plate frame and a sticker for the back of your car. So you get pulled over. No, they know. They're talking to a friend. There's so many people with that. You know, and, and, oh, to hear to hear all this, to see all the bumper stickers, Blue Lives Matter, and the thin blue line, and you go, and then, oh, oh, that's why you put that sticker on the car. That's cop repellent. Ah, I get it. Okay. You have to consider all of these counter narratives. Now, if there is a business in the United States that is sponsoring, I think sponsoring is right rather than donating to the police is a more appropriate term, sponsoring the police directly by choice. And to the average black man in America, the police force is a terrorist organization by definition uses criminal violence to intimidate for political ends. It's not to get someone elected or not. Political, what is it, political end? <laughs> to rip people off, to keep the poor getting poorer and the rich getting richer. So when they go to loot, it doesn't matter if it's a police-owned uh, sponsoring business or not. If it's Target, and I, I bet somewhere Target just to be the friendly corporate organization that they are donates to police associations one way or another. And if not, they pay a lot in taxes. You don't see any of these looters or rioters going after underground businesses. They're not like government raiding basement salons operating in civil disobedience in violation of shutdown orders. No. They are being terrorized today in the United States. And I would say, you know, everybody. It's not so much black versus white as rich versus poor. And not that the racial element is irrelevant, certainly. It is hugely relevant here in the history of black Americans and where black people find themselves in America today under the unique terrorism of modern metropolitan police departments. Notice, not so much a problem out here in the sticks. Jim, I haven't seen a cop out here since I got here four years ago. It's a good time to get away from this. It's a good time to separate, to vote with your feet, to vote with your wallet. So we found out about George Floyd 
because the mainstream media wanted us to find out about George Floyd. But Adam, there was a viral video, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, there are viral videos like that all the time that you don't see. Why did America see the George Floyd video? Not because, I mean, what, it got 15, 20,000 shares on Facebook like in the first day. I think it was a lot. It was, it was big. It was, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not but even, even incidents like that happen on a regular basis in America. Why did this one become this crisis now? Because the media wanted it to. And this is all a setup. This is not the revolution. We're not here for a revolution. We're here for an evolution. To continue the evolution. To forward the evolution. To be part of humanity's great, beautiful dance forward. And while I certainly cheer on anybody who's challenging state power, the next question we have to ask is, do we jump in? Even the Mennonites are doing it. The Amish are out with signs saying justice for George Floyd. And I certainly would say that in that individual case, the call has been heard. This officer is no longer behind the thin blue line. He is going to be thrown to the wolves. He is going to get locked in a very small room for a very long time. And if he comes out, he is going to be sexually assaulted in prison. He's going to be in solitary the whole time in protective custody. And it better be more than the 12 and a half years they gave to Officer Noor for killing Justine uh, Damron in Minneapolis a few years ago, 2017. He had 12 and a half years for, for, and that genuinely wasn't accidental. This was not. George Floyd, you could say it was careless. You know, is it, is it murder one? Is it murder three? Legal designations. I don't, I don't particularly care. It could be, uh, whatever they want to call it, as long as he gets more than 12 and a half years and he spends it all in solitary. I think that would be, uh, the, the scrap of justice we can expect from the system today. So if our interest really is greater justice, what do we do? What do we do in this situation? Like our friend Luke Wanky, do we, do we jump in and drive from New York to Minneapolis and grab a gun and jump on board? No. I don't know the answer for everyone, but I know the answer for me. I will continue to cheer on all who fight for justice in whatever way they see fit. And I will cheer with special glee when they start burning down police stations and actually taking them over as we have seen happen. But I know that I will do nothing as long as I can to contribute 
to violence, to anger, to conflict. Because ultimately, it is never the best path to freedom, to justice, to peace. I will continue to spread this message. I will continue to speak to this awareness and do everything I can to encourage people to learn from this, to be ready for perhaps the next period of upheaval, to be ready perhaps for this upheaval, to be part of this uptick as we get to the asymptote. And it might be along with all this chaos it might be along with periods of government collapse that we just continue taking on. And while the mainstream media wants you to focus on this and to look at Trump hiding in a bunker and to send you scary images of protests and riots, the significance of everything they want you to see in the news is far outweighed by the beautiful, positive progress of love that we make every day as a species. They don't put it on the news when there's one less kid going to bed hungry. They don't put it on the news when there's one less life ruined by the drug war. They don't put it on the news when people successfully go into a hospital and get the latest technology to extend their life in ways that wasn't possible just years before. When you really count your blessings and stay in that attitude of gratitude, did I just use a bumper sticker by accident? I did not mean to rhyme, but I mean what I say. When you stay in that attitude of gratitude and see how much progress humanity is making every day. But here with Adam versus the man, you can stay cool, calm, and collected. And today is, oh my gosh, it is a new month. June 1st, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us on Adam versus the man. We got an exciting show for you today. Only 34 minutes before we get to our first guest, Chris Cole with Victims of Family Law. And we have Luke, Luke Wanky <clears throat> coming to us from Minneapolis today. He's, he's got like, you know what? Like I said, not my path, but I am going to cheer him on and I'm going to make sure that people understand what's going on on these new front lines. Man, even that term, I want to question myself. No, what's the front line? And I'm being like, oh, yeah, front line of the coronaphobia crisis. It's the nurses. The, fr the frontline heroes. And then now it's the cops on the streets. They're the frontline here. And then you're like, what's what's next? Is it going to be the Secret Service agents protecting Trump in the White House? There are frontline heroes. Man, it's hot out here. I had to get a haircut. I did it myself. I went a little too far. People, I think, is anybody, did anybody in the chat notice today? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Is Adam going to war? He's got his high and tight and his goatee, like, he's looking mean to dirt. No, it's just, it's, it's hot here. It's, this hair, I like this hair. I like the look, actually. I think it'll be ready in about a week when there's just a little bit here and here. And trim, trim it up again. But it's so much 
so much cooler. I lost like a couple pounds of fuzz that I had been growing out. Um, all right, any any super chats? By the way, in studio today, comment Jim Freedom. I want to point out that's absolutely awesome. We're starting to get comments from Periscope watchers. All right. Uh, hey. Hello from Tunisia. 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 We have people watching. Oh, Tunisia. Tunisia. Tunisia in and of itself is a bad Anglicanization yeah. of bastard. But even even the name itself, it's I'm pretty sure it's French. Tunis. Tunis and, and that's what they say oh, okay. in that kind like yeah, randomly having my geography knowledge tested here, but Tunis, I think, is the uh, the official name, and that's it's from French. I don't know, colonizers, colonial Africa. Anyway, so hi Periscope, hi Tunisia. Very cool. Facebook is asking a very basic question: Is there any hope? Is there anything that's going on? Absolutely. Is there hope? There is always hope. If you are breathing, there is hope. You've heard this, right? A human being can live only 40 days without food, seven days without water, three minutes without air, but not a second without hope. So if you're breathing, there's hope somewhere. And I, you know, I, oh, there are a lot. Yeah, you know, more than ever, I think people have to be tempted by by the doom and gloom right to say oh shit they're overrunning police departments now and whether you think it's good or bad like oh shit it's the end times the virus is here whether whether you like government or you like anti-government they're fighting and a lot of people are getting hurt in the middle so uh you know it's tempting to think things are hopeless whether whether, like, whether you're pro-government neutral on it or anti-government shit's getting hot and it's really tempting to think that we might be coming to some point of collapse some you know very dangerous like i bet i know i don't like none of these things are a real that first of all to whatever extent there's a real threat, look how easy it is to protect yourself. I mean, really, it, one, there's a threat of the virus. Okay, if you were like, if you isolate yourself, like to take precautions, like it's not hard, you know. And if, if you live, if you if you live in a city where there's rioting, and you're actually concerned that like cops or, I mean, really, if you're in a city where there's rioting. Which which are you more? You should still be more concerned about cops than rioters. We've seen Santa Monica. There are businesses where they are defending their shops with guns. And, you know, but you know more more power to them. They're not wearing masks. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, so in, unless you're you know like a, a pro police business or you're very visible and targeted. Yeah, I don't really have anything to worry about. Like I said, they're not raiding underground hair salons. They're raiding white market businesses, red market, right? The violent market businesses. So if you are in one of these areas in terms of, you know, avoiding con you know contact with other people, it is really scary to say, yeah, you got to avoid contact with police 
especially right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. But here's the bigger picture. And I want to really encourage everybody to, to take this as the opportunity to change their lifestyle. Because it's one thing you go, hey, guys, the virus is here and it's going to be here for a while. And you should probably, you know, have some have some food supplies at home, have some bottled water, have some emergency rations, have some water filter stuff around, you know, have a, have a bug out plan just in case. And then the riots came from George Floyd and you go, oh, now there's is, are we going to get a break from this or is it going to keep getting worse? Well, the point I'm making here is that you can actually go to the next level of preparation. Like we are here at the garden of freedom in Gardenia and say, we don't have to worry about any of this shit. I live down three miles of private dirt road. I'm totally off grid. If I had to survive without contact with anybody outside of this property, I'd be fine. And, and by the way, right now we have a great little community here. We have about a dozen people living out here and it's, it's not hard. To, to get that for yourself one way or another. Go rural. Get out of the city. You want hope? Embrace it. Take it. Claim it for yourself. This is what it looks like. It's, it, it's not... I mean, the fires are campfires, not buildings burning down. The, the dramatic moments are, are hugs and kisses, not riots and raids like that's that's the difference you want hope take it and in the short-term sense yeah, protect yourself in the midterm sense develop a better lifestyle so that you can live with that security and and, and really not lose hope with these temporary upheavals and in the long run remain absolutely confident in the message of freedom because that's it right there a voluntary society is inevitable this is the course of human progress and i've always said there's the caveat of yes a meteor could crash into the earth first right or you know some plague but none of these things no are are, are, are on the scale of extinction level events the coronavirus and the George Floyd riots don't even register. So have hope. There's plenty to go around. Any other comments, Jim? Absolutely. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to bring up to our Patreon members, we did not get to the link on that. Ah. Uh, technical difficulties, so I just wanted to let the Patreon members in the chat know they'll be able to return to the backstage tomorrow. And, uh, we want to that it was CJ's new computer, I think. Something to do with it. Right. So, if people, if you want to get in now, is it is it posted somewhere? Do we are we post? Do, well, we got to set up the Telegram group, right? That's what. That's how we're going to do this from now on. So today, thank you. This is awesome. Today, Comment Jim Freedom is going to be setting up our patron only Telegram group, and every day we do the show. He is going to post the same link that he uses to plug in like he's plugged in right now and appear on the screen. And because he's sitting in the studio with me, we share a microphone rather than deal. when we get a proper studio bill, we'll fix that. But to deal with the, uh, the audio feedback, so he's listening on his headphones and he can still appear 
right below me on the screen right here while CJ is showing our Patreon page right over here, which is freaking beautiful what we're doing with this production right now, CJ. And we're going to have a Telegram group where he's going to send you that link every morning we do a show. And you're going to be able to go backstage. You can't see this, but on my screen, past Jim, way over there is the private chat. And the we have, oh, and, and the live comments on the same stream through StreamYard. So, Jim, does that does this window here that I'm looking at where it says live comments, we've got 120 here, is that, ev that's, so I see YouTube is ported into here. Yeah. That's cool. Are any other platforms? Yeah, Facebook. And Facebook and, wow. Wow. That's awesome. So during the show, Jim is watching public comments in one place from all three of our major broadcast platforms, thanks to this StreamYard thing that they've, this, this online platform that they've put together for us to do this show <clears throat> that allows CJ to do all this awesome graphic stuff re re relatively easily. And then right next to all of those live comments, there's a private chat. And that's our backstage room. And all of our patrons who are doing, is it $10 a month or more? Five. 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 So what's $10 special access? Uh, $10 a month gets you access to being on video. Oh, so $10 a month gets you like priority caller access. $5 a month, you're, you're in the chats. Your comments are on their own priority stream right here that Jim can read live during the show. Enough about that, though. The reason I'm so excited about this, the reason that like this technology is so cool, coming back to do Adam versus the man like this, really after, I mean, what was the last time we tried to do a full daily production like this of Adam versus the man? 2014? It's been that long. It's been that long. Man, and, and that back then, we had to do graphics on a monitor, <laughs> like on camera. Hey everybody, see this as we're now like CJ put something up and it just boom, it's here. And I can point to it like this, in, in like the weather weatherman style, like green, like look at freedom. Look at freedom. It's right there. Look at Adam versus the man. It's right, you know, like all this stuff, next level. We don't even have to like before we were broadcast, we had a broadcast from our own server. Like it was way more difficult to set up too. So being able to come back and do it like this, to have this conversation, see, and right there. We have the freedom line, CJ just showing off the graphics possibilities with StreamYard here. So <clears throat> we're going to keep developing this. And I'm so grateful that we have all of you joining us so that we can have. So, hey, you know what, CJ, but we, we don't have much time right now to get into headlines. Can you pull up my Twitter account? It was the first link I sent you there. And the reason is like I, we're going we're gonna to skim through some headlines. But there have been, you know, if you're not paying attention, I, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, like we are, we are in a period of major social unrest. Uh, you know, plenty of. Sorry, I'm looking at the chat here. Chris Cole is all right. So yeah, no, there's there's so much that I just want to cover that I've been I've been retweeting. So if you guys want to follow me at Adam Kokesh, that's the one social media platform where like I'm really organically involved and active. Um, I check, you know, my, my Facebook messages myself. I see some of the comments there, Instagram every now and then I go and I look through the comments and I reply to, to, 
you know, interesting ones. But on Twitter, I actually see and and respond to mo- I see every single at mention. And I think in the last like two years since I've been an organic real Twitter user, I haven't I, I I've I've only missed a handful. Like, you know, there's been a day, oh shit, I didn't get to my phone for the day, I didn't get to Twitter, but otherwise and even then I usually catch up. So if you ever want to send me any message publicly, Twitter's a great way. Just put at Adam Kokesh in your tweet and I'll probably see it. So the first one I have here. Oh, perfect. Thank you, CJ. U.S. Black people have had to resist the state longer than four years, their entire lives and not out of choice. The George Floyd protests are not a political rally or an issue that can be resolved with an election or removing Trump. We need a complete overhaul of the system. I saw this tweet this morning from your non-central anonymous which is, I think, the biggest anonymous Twitter following. If I could, uh, let me see. Yeah, 4.1 million followers. This tweet itself got, oh, CJ, dude, you're doing exactly what I'm doing on screen. That's amazing. Do you like the dark, by the way? I use the dark for Twitter. I use the the phone, but on my laptop, I have it on on the opposite. I don't know why. I should probably switch it. Um, but for the screen here, if, if, if anybody prefers the uh, the day view, which you know is the reverse, where it's um, black on white instead of the white on on dark blue, we could do that too. But you know, CJ, amazing on the graphics today. Uh, by the way, CJ, uh, since before we get any further, producer notes. You want to bring yourself up on screen for a second here? Let's see how good you are at the switchboard. How long does it take? Oh, boom! And there he is. Wait, no, like the other side. There he is. Good morning, Mr. Gokesh, or afternoon, I guess, uh, still here. Um, In South Dakota. Can you hear me? Sounds okay. good. Looks good. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know, uh, to the, uh, uh, my apologies to this morning's Patreons. Uh, I, I had a lot going on setting up the new desktop and making sure that everything was going smooth, and then I had Mr. Cole backstage, and, and I also have people replacing windows right now in my home, so <laughs> it was just not conducive. Mr. Cole and I were sitting there trying to have a conversation, and all years outside. So, I mean, it really wasn't uh, it really wasn't the best time to have Patreons. But I promise you guys, when the mornings are relaxed and I've got everything more set up, you guys will be able to hop in, chit chat it up, listen to some music, relax, and and have a good show. Um, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of me, producer at thefreedomline.com. And uh, don't forget to go to thefreedomline.com to uh, help support and get merchandise. I got my uh, Freedom shirt here not too long ago. I'm hoping to get a sweatshirt before winter. So other than that, uh, I'm hoping you're liking the new setup. We haven't really tested the audio yet live, but I don't think you're going to hear the echo. And I think uh, we'll be looking pretty good moving forward, sir. All right. Beautiful. and Great work with the graphics. Let's get back to Twitter. All right. And I, I tweeted for myself here, the real progress of humanity is made quietly in between periods of, of uh, unrest. little side story here. Trump tweeted a few days ago that they're going to label Antifa a terrorist organization. And I started seeing all this stuff about, and I'm like, I didn't see that. I just started, I saw like the side commentary on that first, like Antifa is so terrorist. Now we can, and I, actually I was, I was really disturbed with some of what I heard. Because it was like, well, if it's, ter- if it's a terrorist organization, that means, you know, and they're international, which we can use the FBI and the CIA to go after them. And it's like, uh, 
has so many problems with that. Yeah, like that's you can designate. I mean, is Antifa a you know a bunch of political shitbags and, and probably mostly infiltrators who are paid to dress up in black and and, and do saboteur shit? Yeah, but who cares? Like, how many people have they killed? Right, right. zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe there was. Back in the the Spanish Civil War, the origins of some other Antifa group, they killed somebody. I don't know. But like modern Antifa in the United States, how many people they killed? Zero. And so I I put out a tweet because someone, and this was before, because someone, this was actually in response to someone else's tweet um, saying, Antifa is a terrorist organization, pass it on. And my reply there was, the U.S. federal government is a terrorist organization. If you're worried about Antifa, you're missing the point. No, but this is the way ba- we haven't gotten very far today, CJ. Um, and then for all the, and then I wrote, I had to respond because so many people on mine made made these really dumb comments. Well, can it be both? And, and it's sort of like, oh, for all the dumb commenters saying can it be both? Can any of you tell me the ratio of how many people have been killed by Antifa versus by the U.S. federal government? And it's sort of like if 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 um, you're 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 the manicurist and you're going hangnails are a problem, right? Hangnails are are a health problem, right? If you have a hangnail, that's a that's a physical problem with your body. We need to and and, and someone goes, yeah, I'm I'm here curing cancer, and this is this is also the, this is a real health problem. And the, the you know the the manicurist comes back and goes, can it be both? <laughs> no. No, not the same thing. And if you're if you're trying to like if, if you're saying I I'm concerned with terrorism, no, like, what are you really concerned? Like either you don't know what you're really concerned with if you're falling for this hype and this nonsense, or you know you're you're concerned with the wrong thing, and, and it's like political bullshit. You're oh well, Trump is going after terrorists. Trump is a fucking terrorist. All right, we have hold on, CJ. Before we get back to Twitter, we have a super chat. It's all. Just wanted to say hi from RHSCTJ for two dollars. One of our page. Oh, that's oh, thank you so much. Hey, and you can jump to the head of the queue for just a dollar with super chats today, even during our interviews today, which is going to be a nice experiment. All right, so back to Twitter because there are some really critical things here. Um, Dan Berman, if you can get to that next one, there wrote: Imagine a country so free. That you pay taxes to fund an army that will come to your house and shoot you. Now, this CJ, pull this whole video up. This is one we have to, everybody's got to see this. Whatever you got to do, get yeah, we need to get this one up with audio for everybody. This is this is absolutely fucking nuts. Go back to the beginning here, CJ. You got the audio is good now. Get in, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. Look at this. They just keep coming. Go inside! Get inside! Get inside! Get inside! Get your house down! Let's go! Light him up! Go inside now! Get in the house! Get in, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in! Get in! Oh, God, that hurt. You, you okay? 
right on the fucking crotch. Are you okay? You got hit? I'm good. They're fucked for that, dude. What? Okay. So yeah, this is. I, I mean, I, I just I couldn't do the show today without showing this clip one way or another. Um, and there, there's another clip of all the police brutalities. The other one's like I gotta show people this, like so you know, like really what's not being shown on the news. But this one first. This is Minneapolis police and National Guard doing a street patrol in a suburban area. Now I assume this is somewhere near an area with looting. I mean, they're not doing it in the sticks, right? Just, this is still in a city. And they're, they're going to the suburbs. They're going to a residential neighborhood and patrolling the street like this. I mean, first of all, what what's the excuse now? You know, and one of the things I was trying to do with my opener today was make the connection with coronaphobia and, and George Floyd. And this is a big part of it right here. Is that they can get away with a lot more than they can normally because most people are still kind of staying home. I think when it comes down to it, the government liked it that way. Oh, people are staying home. We can control when they come out. We can tell them what's essential and what isn't. So let's have another, you know, fabricated crisis. Let's blow this up again. Now, what are they shooting here? It looks like paintballs, right? They're shooting paintballs. Are they like tear gas paintballs? Like the guy, like it's not like these these are, these are are not officers who are also carrying actual firearms, and it's it's shooting at people for being on their porch in a residential area. I mean, it crosses so so many lines, and and is this a freak incident? Is this well, here's the thing. We're going to get to what's not a freak incident in just a few tweets. If you would get back to the feed, please, CJ. So I mentioned this. This was from I got from Bill Malugan, uh, Fox LA, with stores in Santa Monica with business owners uh, defending them armed. Um, it was nice to see someone someone retweet mine. If you can pull up the, the next big graphic there with the picture of Jesus, that one there. Yes, click on that, please, CJ. You have to see the yeah. Destruction of property is not a valid form of protest, Jesus. Uh-huh. Right. So, um, skipping ahead, also this morning we had a major diplomatic event here in Gardenia. Uh, as the king of Gardenia, I hereby declare the United States federal government a terrorist organization. That went out by Twitter this morning. I didn't realize so many people, because like we don't we haven't really established the nation of Gardenia properly yet. Like we just, we, we have the website parked. We need to get the United Nations of freedom.org on. It's like one of these things I'm going to be working on. So, you know, when I say that like that, I assume that most of my Twitter followers aren't even tuning into this show yet. You know, I got 50 something thousand on Twitter and, you know, we only get what, like a few hundred live viewers every day and, and a few thousand all together with our videos and podcasts now. Although CJ keeps telling me our numbers on, on YouTube, especially because we're doing because of because of the live, they can't censor live the same way that they can censor everything else. I mean, they can, but no. it's the, the algorithms, the feed manipulation, if you're a subscriber. Anyway, we're doing, we're reaching people in a whole other way with that. But I assume that when most people see me call myself the, the king of gardenia on twitter they assume it's just like an off-the-cuff joke and still that thing got over a hundred likes like yeah king of gardenia and it's just 
I, I think that that's the power of this project to just be like, oh yeah, well, Trump is president of the United States, declares Antifa a terrorist organization. Well, as king of Gardenia, I declare the United States federal government a terrorist organization. People go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. more power to you. That makes just as much sense. Okay, scrolling down back to Twitter, CJ. Uh, we saw the Amish community come out in Minneapolis. This is a fun way to cover this, by the way. Um, through Adam's Twitter feed. And don't, no, no, next one, though. Go to the next video, CJ. The next one is the really important one. That one. Get that up full screen with audio. It's really tempting after watching a video like that to say destroy every police car. Yeah, they're they're using them as weapons to hurt people. Fuck them. Like destroy every police car. Taser every cop. Pepper spray back. You know, fight back. But it's not gonna do it. I mean, I am all the more confident in the message of nonviolence of MLK and of love and of, of de-escalation and avoiding confrontation and, and, and meeting this violence with, with love and humor and, and, and like these, these protests, you know, as righteous as they are, uh, they're an expression of anger. They're, they're not an expression of love. And I don't think that we get to real progress from this unless, unless, you know, and, and, and you go, well, what if Adam, what if, what if this leads to the full 
you know, some kind of critical mass tipping point. Which brings me to the next story, if you would, CJ, from MSN.com, from Bloomberg. Trump taken to bunker Friday amid protests outside White House. Yeah, things you might have missed if you weren't paying attention this weekend. President Donald Trump was taken to a secure area late Friday as a condition red was declared at the White House amid violent protests outside the building, sparked by the death of George Floyd. A person familiar with the matter said it's not clear whether the measure was repeated in the two subsequent nights of protests around the White House, but the protesters weren't as close to the fence on those nights as they were on Friday. Demonstrators skirmished with the U.S. Secret Service in Lafayette Square late Friday alongside an outer ring of temporary fencing set up along the edge of the park, leading to six arrests and multiple injuries among the agency's personnel, the Secret Service said. In a series of tweets, Saturday morning, Trump appeared to revel in the potential for violence outside the White House, warning that Friday's protesters would have been met by vicious dogs and most ominous weapons that they dared to breach the fence around the property. <clears throat> you know, these protests, I, you know, I, I, I was a little bit um, unnecessarily overestimating the sensationalism behind these when uh, we heard about the third precinct being overrun in Minneapolis, right? When really, that was, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, hey, maybe they just set fire to a little part of it. You know, may, maybe there was just, um, you know, maybe, maybe maybe this is really exaggerated. But then I then we, then like this morning, I got we got the videos from Luke, who we're going to talk to uh, in a, in about thirty minutes here, of them actually walking through the burned out building, and you see like everybody's desk stuff is out, like. Like no shit. I was like, yeah, that was that headline was legit. There was no like categorical exaggeration. Yeah, they set it on fire and it was abandoned. Like the police actually abandoned the building. I thought like, yeah, they locked it. They probably got the firearms out and and weapons and like you know, hey, valuables and you know, get people stuff out of their desks. If, although, if you're a desk worker in that police department, I mean, I got to feel sorry for you there because you, you, you're doing it because it's just a job, right? You know, maybe you answer the phones for the police here. You're actually helping dispatch cops in a way where you're trying to only send them out righteously for, you know, where they're needed as emergency first responders for something. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, you had your desk, your, your desk at work, and maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe you had, maybe you had a stuff set up on your computer, it's government computer, fuck that. But, you know, they, like that's, you're going to see in the video that we're going to show in a bit. You know, I, I look at this picture, CJ, if you could pull this back up. You know, you've got this picture of the White Yeah, that smoky picture of the White House. And, uh, you know, it's t- tempting to think, well, look, if they overran a, a, a police department or building, you know, precinct building, could they overrun the White House? No. It's tempting. So many righteous fantasies. In my head, at least. I don't know about yours. When I see something like this. 
But I know, you know, that as a matter of principle, you have to stay true to nonviolence. I don't think any of this is going to, you know, the other thing is if this is all fabricated, manipulated, like they, they let it get to this point, right? They wanted it to get to about this. Are they going to, oh, we got too far as soon as, oh, we didn't, we didn't really want to challenge police authority that directly uh we're gonna dial this back now so it's tempting even for me to say well let's let's throw some weight behind this like luke and, and if you if you have an opportunity for yourself and to go out and serve justice in this chaos more power to you go for it i think it's i think it's highly unlikely all right before we get to chris cole here we're going to just skim a couple of related headlines from cnsnews.com, China trolls Trump administration over violent protests in the U.S. Stung by U.S.-led criticism of Beijing's attempt uh, attempts to crack down on dissent in Hong Kong, Chinese officials are and state media are using reports of protests in America city, American cities to make political points about U.S. double standards and hypocrisy. Ah, good. The more governments fight amongst each other and prove that they're all hypocrites, the better off we are, right? The sooner we can get to freedom. The Trump administration and lawmakers from both parties have been outspoken in their criticism of the suppression of pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong and China's plans to impose new security legislation on the territory. Hong Kong protests have occasionally seen violent flare-ups and authorities regularly accuse the U.S. of stoking them as a way of indirectly attacking China. Now, as images riding in the U.S. are seen around the world, Chinese critics have seized the opportunity to divert attention away from Beijing, stifling of Hong Kong's freedoms, and for payback. Now, see, this is where I think in a, in a bigger level globally, there is a, they went too far point. When, when, when you go, geez, my government sucks. And I look at all the other governments around the world and they suck really bad too. And all they're doing is pointing fingers at each other and they've all got protest movements. You know, like right now, <clears throat> the United States seems pretty self-absorbed. In our national media conversation am i am i right here like with the coronavirus for a while and again the way these two crises kind of dovetail neatly for a while we were very global in our awareness suddenly it's turned into complete navel gazing oh what was us look at the protests look at the riots but what if we look up and around the world we saw similar trends. Now, we go, but they don't have George Floyd. George Floyd was, really? There are thousands of George Floyds all over the world right now. A couple weeks ago, we brought you some video compilations of crackdowns. I think it was in India and Pakistan, where the police state is an, like, believe it or not, even, hey, black america <laughs> there are countries where you, you'd rather be you, you'd rather be a black american than majority ethnicity in some other country because the police state and government over there is just that much worse i get it i'm not trying to say yeah white average white american experience sure average black american experience yeah sure average non-american experience with government around that nah, nah. we're still all very privileged here by global standards even if you're you know and, and living in terror 
you know, as, as the difference between white America and black America. Yeah, it, it is a whole other psychological and emotional toll that I don't even want to try to calculate. But there are countries where the majority of people have to deal with that and worse. So one more story. Uh, this is from the-sun.com, hunkering down inside the White House bunker used after 9-11, where Trump was taken during George Floyd riots. President Donald Trump was taken inside the White House bunker as George Floyd riots escalated across Washington, D.C. Agents reportedly rushed Trump to the Presidential Emergency Operations Center, which was used after the 9-11 terror attacks, and is equipped with secret tunnels on Sunday night. And if you just pull, I, I, I just, I can't cover the story without pulling up this graphic. If you would scroll down to the next one, CJ, next, the actual diagram. There we go. So there you see five stories below, <clears throat> secret lift access, nuclear bomb proof, biometric access. I, and, and it just shows this little command. This is like kind of a, a dorky diagram actually i was i was expecting better from something that has so much uh production value apparently because i don't think this is an act, actual diagram of of anything they have a picture of the this is really silly i glanced i should have looked at this more before the show instead of preparing to show it to you i should have just prepared to make fun of this thing are you looking at this it's like a picture of the white house and then they just added a spiral staircase graphic on the left with no explanation. Two elevator shaft round things on the right that just say secret lift access. Nuclear bomb proof with a, a line pointed to just like a random part of the cement down there. Biometric access. It's not by the doors. It has vault type doors on the other side of the diagram of this room. And it says biometric access. I think that's a, a, a microwave. And then five stories below ground, like this is the, okay, let's click on the gallery. Are we going to get more stupidity here or just more, more, okay, more White House? Probably, never mind, CJ. All right. This is some story. Let's get to Chris Cole before he gets any later. CJ, our first live remote interview for Adam versus the man. Let's get CJ on board here. My freedom mug is just out of reach for anybody who's wondering here. Ladies and gentlemen, join us from all the way in North Carolina. Chris Cole is with us. Chris Cole was a huge inspiration to me over the course of the presidential campaign with Victims of Family Law for Kokesh. And I think it is amazing to see the birth of an activist. I, I, I'd like to take some credit with our campaign for Chris Cole now being on fucking fire all the fucking time for justice, for freedom. And Victims of Family Law is uh, still, as I described it in uh, the campaign, a black swan waiting to happen. And in that, I mean, the majority of Americans are victims of family law one way or another. And what I mean by that, and, and, and Chris can get into this a lot more, but anybody who's been through a, first of all, the, the real obvious one, not by no means the worst, but the obvious one is, have you been through a bad divorce? 
anybody who's been through a bad divorce can go, holy shit, that was unnecessary. Yeah. We gave lawyers and government a lot of money. And that was, and, and when we fought and we weaponized the state against each other and we didn't need to do that at all. It was, it was all unnecessary, wasteful, headache, pain, more suffering that you can look at and go because of government, right? because of the legal system. This is why I mean that you're a victim. Just if you have been through a bad government divorce, if government has in any way made a divorce more unpleasant or costly than it needed to be, you're a victim of family law. If you are a child of divorce, like myself, you're a victim of family law. But I would go so many steps further, Chris, I think in being inclusive about how many people are affected by this, how many people grow up in one parent households where there was no divorce, but because of certain legal pressures and economic manipulations and incentives. So Chris, yeah, you're on fire. I am I have I how many times have I triggered you in the last 30 seconds? Uh, so so I, I know, you know, I want to give you a chance to, to introduce yourself and talk about why this is important, but also to give people an overview of this issue and a sense of what you are doing uh, with, with this campaign season and ongoing to uh, to keep the torch alive for this cause. So wherever uh, you want to start, man. Yeah. So, so first thing, thank you for always encouraging this and giving me this platform um, and sort of uh, helping me spearhead this. Um, we've um, introduced Victims of Family Law, which originated with the Kokesh campaign um, and taken that uh, into the Jorgensen campaign and the Libertarian Party. And we're, we're hoping to make this a featured um, subject matter for the Libertarian Party to take a hold of, thanks to Adam. Um, so I, I do want to say thank you um, for giving giving me this opportunity for this platform and being able to speak right now. Um, you know, I wanted to segue sort of in everything that we're going through currently um, that you're seeing um, with the the riots and the pandemic and and the government. Um, basically, it, it's. It's psychological warfare. It's the destruction of mental health. Um, the reason people are hurting, the reason people are fighting, the reason people are angry is the system itself is meant for government benefit. Um, and then it tricks you to believe that it's in your best interest so that it sort of subdues you to do as you're told. And then it uses fear like I'll take away your kids. I'll take away your license. I'll put you in jail if you don't pay your child support. Um, and like you have said uh, multiple times, it's, there's a shame game in it. There's a psychological shaming that even I had to, I still battle with it, but I'm conscious of it. So I'm able to fight it back. Yeah. One thing I missed there, you pointed out, I'm so grateful for is people who have had their children taken from them by government aid. And, right. and you put it like that and you go, that happens in a, yeah, it's called CPS because right. your neighbor saw you smoking a joint in your backyard and then they, 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 they're just that kind of caring and they want <clears throat> government agents and they're going to report you to CPS, DCF, whatever the, the, the alphabet soup agency at your state level is. But the other thing, Chris, that you, that you mentioned there that, that I failed to was the, the, the bigger psychological impact. And right. this, this 
you know, can be seen in some of the issues that we discussed with Dr. Farrell uh, a, a couple months ago, uh, the author of The Boy Crisis. And that, that's almost become like cliche at this point. Like, yeah, boys who grow up with single moms don't grow up with the benefits of having a father around. Duh. Uh, but, yeah. but also, like, how this is poisoning relationships. You know, how it, it, it leads women to, to be unable to find satisfaction in a relationship when they bring the state into it because there's, they don't know any other way. So I, I don't know, for, for people who maybe really haven't considered this, can you put your finger on if all of these hugely horrific impacts that we see all connected to family law policy, what, are the, what do you think is the biggest cost? Well, uh, you know, what they're doing is, you know, we're, we're seeing a race war uh, with what's going on still. We're seeing a gender war being being just fueled and fueled. And instead of us realizing that government is perpetuating the feuds amongst ourselves, um, you know, e we're even fighting within the equal shared parenting movement, a feminist movement or a um, domestic violence movement. And we're not advocating for any of that. What we're advocating is for the best interests of our children, but the government has sort of propagandized, um, you know, domestic violence being mainly between men when we actually know facts and figures that d domestic violence is an equal, um, you know, close to 50-50 ratio, but men are ashamed to speak out. Um, you know, there are plenty of mothers that I work with that um, that advocate for father's rights, children's rights, that, that see this sickness because they haven't been necessarily, they didn't grow up that way or whatever. So so it's, it's very obvious that, that there is a psychological um, conditioning that's, that's, that's causing what we're seeing with the pandemic that's causing the relate the race relations and that's causing this gender war to distract us from who's really stealing from us who's really taking our kids and and you know threats being made that you you know even me being on this show with you my ex's attorney could use this and say he's with adam kokesh adam kokesh loads a shotgun and was arrested and so we're bad people but what we're actually doing is we're having real discussion about things that people are afraid to talk about. All right, CJ. I'm sorry. Um, well, Chris, and, um, as Chris, scary as this is. So, 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 Hey, I think it's a great time. If you could, did you have anything that you wanted to share? Yeah. Uh, there's a, a clip. Background? Yeah. Sure. We'll, we'll get on screen. So CJ, if you could, if you could get us onto the side and, and pull up the material from Chris and Chris, you know, however you want to present this, but take the opportunity for letting everybody know, you know, how did you get connected with this? And, you know, what, what, I mean, I, I, you've told your story, you know, a number of times and I don't want to be like, well, tell this again, but you know, how did you connect with this? What, what do you want people to know about your story? So the biggest thing, and I know, you know, we're, we're short on time. So, you know, I have a clip uh, from our interview with uh, Dr. Farrell, which was just one clip that was about ADHD. And you were asking about um, different types of medicines. You know, this is just one instance um, in this three minute clip of our interview where we show the psychological effects of government 
on on children that children that grow up to be parents that repeat this cycle. So if you want me to just show this brief clip, uh, we'll go to that clip. Let's do it, CJ. Chris, that's your audience. You've done your desktop. Chris, you need to unmute your desktop, sir. What, CJ? You need to unmute your desktop. Oh. Sorry about that. We'll get that fixed. Um, so the desktop should be unmuted. It's on, I don't know why it's, it's muted on your on, end. It's on Streamlabs. you got to go into Streamlabs and unmute your uh, mic. desktop. Stream. Um... Can CJ pull up the clip? Um, I can now. It's um, basically. I mean, I can talk about what we were talking about if it's not coming up for uh, for time's sake. Um, we were discussing the the effects on ADHD um, with children in in single parent households, um, where the symptoms of dad deprivation. Um, causing ADHD in children, um, you know, and instead we have a divorce rate at 50% where over 80% of those single parent households are raised by mothers, which um, then those children go to um, schools that are predominantly, you know, female teachers. And um, there's a lack of fatherhood and, and um you know, male influence um, that's causing, uh, you know, this lack of things that um, like dad deprivation. It's 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 just all tied together. We have the science, but we're not addressing it um, in a way that that we're actually making change. So that seems to be the issue. Hey, so, Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal backstory and how you first connected with this as a bigger issue. So with my story, um, I had a relationship, uh, unmarried as, as most people are, at least half of us are these days and had two children. And, um, when it was time to end the relationship, the, the system sort of gives grounds for a dispute because it's not there for anything other than a dispute. It wants to make money. So, um, you know, lies were told, things were drug out, continuances were done, multiple lawyers were hired um, and, you know, went bankrupt, um, spent tens of thousands of dollars um, still in litigation. Um, it gives lawyers and judges the ability to manipulate, to uh, extort money at, at a rate that you can't. Uh, pay and then child support. If you are a Title Four D, uh, which is part of the Social Security Act, which means if you're receiving any sort of welfare benefits, you are now classified as a Title Four D case. That means that they encourage um, child support collection 
over equal shared parenting because the federal government, who most people don't think is involved in these cases, that it's just on a state level, um, incentivizes the states to say, hey, the more money you collect in child support, the more money we will match uh, for your government programs. So that encourages agencies, which are private, like child support, to say, hey, we just want to collect, 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 because then they're going to give us more money uh, rather than encouraging equal shared parenting. And that's something that knows. So supporting a a presidential campaign, and I know that, uh, you know, Joe Jorgensen is the LP nominee, the libertarian candidate for president right now, is totally on board with this. You know, and, it, you know, I don't know if she has the same, you know, desire to put it up front that we did with our campaign, but right. obviously she's going to be able to to provide you the opportunity that we did, at least, to be able to keep getting this message out in the conversation around presidential politics. But if she doesn't win this year, what's the pressure point? What's the next place that you want to see people who care about this issue make their voices heard to bring about real policy change? Well, I think the biggest thing, um, like you always discuss, is that is is fear mongering and people are afraid. Um, But nothing scares me more than having my kids taken from me. Um, I think people have accepted this as reality. Like this, you can't fight a judge, you can't fight a cop, you can't, you know, you basically have to do as the system tells you to do. Um, Wait I a second, are you that. saying that now we need to start lighting family court buildings in the offices of family court judges on fire? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's like you said, people are uh, angry. And the reason they're angry, anger is a secondary emotion to pain. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not really what is. What's, what's, there's anger, but it, there's some sort of turmoil. There's, there's pain. And, and the government's t- not taking their, um, you know, their chunk of the pie due to that pain. They're, they're, they're the cause of it. They don't care. Um, they don't care about the well-being of my kids because I guarantee you when those two little boys that they're talking about their best interests today uh, in order to extort me, when they become fathers, they're going to be right where I am if they have kids with the wrong woman. They're going to to use them as the best interest of them today. And when they become grown men, they will do the same thing to them. They just recycle that, you know, they use children. And then when they become men, they're going to do it to them. All right, Chris. Well, Hey, what can people do to get more involved and to find you, get in touch with you? So you can, you can find me on any of my pages type Chris Cole official is a music page that I also run, but um, we set up victims of family law for Joe Jorgensen. Um, We have a interview with Spike Cohen and Joe coming up with victims of family law and definitely want to thank Adam. Adam, you got this whole thing started. Thank you for having me on the show today. Adam, Adam got this ball rolling. I'm just running with it. So I appreciate the opportunity and thank you, CJ, for uh, working with me earlier to get this thing going today. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. Links to all that in the show notes, wherever you're getting this. All right. So we're going to take a few minutes here to get to a couple headlines before we go to our friend, Luke Wanky, join us in Minneapolis. That was kind of a nice break, wasn't it? 
from from, from all the other mm. overwhelming shit. Uh, you know, it's forgot I gotta talk. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was I was tempted to like earlier this morning. I was tempted to tell Chris, Chris, we gotta postpone. We're talking about George Floyd in Minneapolis, and it's like, you know, a, a part of my message has always been step back. You know, see what you're being distracted from. And, you know, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the bigger picture. Keep your eye on the bigger goal. Like, if, if we all want justice for George Floyd, do we want that at the expense of stopping the next George Floyd shooting from happening? Fuck no. And here's what it comes down to. Like, you only have so many hours in a day. You want to go spend a few hours protesting the George Floyd murder command Justice for George Floyd. I am a hundred percent behind you. I'm I'm absolutely gonna support you in that. But am I gonna like go out of my way to encourage it if you never get to the point of bringing about bigger systematic change? Like what if you could take those few hours that you spend protesting and instead go talk to a cop? with love and compassion and say you know we want to make sure this never happens again what can we do to make sure this never happens again i guarantee you that would have more of an impact than staying on the street corner with a sign right now i guarantee you that would have a better impact than any property destruction right now and you might think yes but adam this is we are getting justice for okay fine you're getting justice. That's good. I'm, 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 like I said, I'm with you. I encourage that. But what if your pursuit of justice becomes your failure to prevent the next injustice when you could have? What if that three hours that you spent on the street corner with a sign, you found and put the time and effort into talking to a stranger who's a cop? And maybe you only got in that three hours of logistics and get maybe you only got 10 minutes of quality time sitting down one-on-one -on -one with another cop person to person. I think if enough of us who are tempted to go out and hold signs on street corners instead went and pursued these direct one-on-one -on -one loving conversations with officers, you'd see way more positive outcomes in the future as a result. Uh, so from newyork.cbslocal.com, Governor Cuomo gives businesses power to turn away customers without face masks as polarizing issue creates conflict. Oh, really? Mr. Cuomo? Our dear, dear Emperor Overlord? Cuomo, I have the as a business. I have your permission to decide who I can do business with now based on their behavior. I don't. I'm not forced to associate. Oh wait, no, I have been forced to associate with people by government in the past. <laughs> Never mind. Like what? What did you? Was this? Was this right after your directive giving them permission to breathe? Oh, because Governor Cuomo says so. Now you can. Okay, yes, this is obviously a more relevant issue than breathing or not. But at core, do you have the right? as a business owner, as an individual, to not associate with people? Yeah, it's, it's called consent.
You can say, I do not consent to this relationship. And I do not consent to you being a customer in my store. I do not consent to being in your, to you being on my property, in my home, in my present. No, I do not consent. Oh, and, and the governor says, yes, no. Well, that's okay. You can assert consent because before this, we had taken it away from you in oh so many ways. Um, we had another Daily Mail story about the uh, White House protests. More than 50 Secret Service agents injured in clashes outside the White House. Rioters throw Molotov cocktails in D.C. while looters trash Gucci and Chanel stores in New York City on a sixth night of violence in cities across the u.s kind of good for for the overview here um but yeah protests have unfolded in at least 145 cities across the country over the past week as people gather in outrage over the horrifying death of george floyd who was killed in police custody last week before we get to our next interview do you have any comments jim uh anything hot with our live comments here i mean we've covered so much ground since we took comments near the beginning of the show yeah. an hour and 10 minutes ago. Uh, well, we'll just do a quick scan. Thomas, uh, you see up on Pass. I don't know. I I've had positive conversations with cops and negative ones. I've plenty of both. Yeah. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of that circumstance. I mean, if you get pulled, if you get pulled over, officer, do you have a few minutes since since I got you here? You know, when when, when everything's resolved, he hands you whatever to sign and says you're free to go with the warning. Hey, officer, since I got you here, do you have a couple minutes? Yeah. If you're not in a hurry, oh, you're in a hurry. Yeah, you don't have fun. Um, that's your battery lows. You're gonna make it another thirty minutes. This isn't plugged in. <laughs> Yeah, you want to, uh, when, when we get to the next interview, when we get started on that, you want to go take care of that. But until then, uh, what are, what other what other hot comments we got uh, on today's show so far? On YouTube, he said, uh, with your haircut, you look like the version of American history. Not the white supremacist. The part where he's not, or yeah, where he, he is? Like the character that's not. I need to try to fix it up a little bit, too. Oh, it looks good. Everybody loves it. This one. Ed Norton. Good, good, good looking guy. I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. All right. Uh, Tom, yeah, Thomas has another comment here. These riots are being orchestrated by the DHS. There is plenty of evidence of paid agent provocateurs. Coordinating with the feds, Zero Hedge has good coverage of this. Hey, thank you so much. That is a great tip, and that is that is exactly why I love having this live audience interaction, being able to talk to people. Um, more bricks appear in advance of Monday demonstrations. Oh, people putting out piles of bricks. I'm pulling up Zero Hedge dot com right now we're not getting i'll get into this tomorrow um like i said there's just this is one of those times there's just so much but you know what yes thank you this is this is pointing out another major element of this but and, and you know what this bolsters my main argument here so i appreciate thank you for telling me how right i am um but yeah no my main argument of these things being being deliberate like these the, the overall these protests you know are happening Time in, in a timed and controlled manner. 
So uh, Washington Caves, New York City Mayor says strongly considering curfew after another night of looting. Wow, another big story. We just totally forgot to mention right now. Arizona, where we are, statewide 8 p.m. curfew. Really, Governor Ducey? What the fuck? What the fuck? Do you, do you really hate freedom so much? You're going to use the protests that started when my correspondent, Common Jim Freedom, was in Phoenix Thursday night. How much money do we give the state police? I should say, how much money does the state government steal from us to give to the state police? And you can't handle this with them? With that much money? You have to call in the National Guard. And that, in and of itself, is also not... Now we have two emergency orders overlapping in addition to all of the coronavirus, whatever we're, we're still under. I don't even know. Gyms are open. That's nice. You can go to Anytime Fitness in Chino Valley or Flagstaff now. I'm grateful for that. Now that now that I'm home and doing manual labor all the time, anyway. But no, really. Eight p.m. State could could it just just be Phoenix, or just urban areas? Even like just and and then I'm even debating that. Like no, no. You know what? That is actually an unreasonable, Governor Ducey, to tell people that you have an eight p.m. curfew during the summer in Phoenix is to say that your First Amendment rights are not being respected because that's when people protest during the summer in Phoenix, after dark, not when the sun's out. It's not humane. It is not hospitable. This order is not just unconstitutional under Arizona state law and federal law in so many ways and really unenforceable. It's disgusting. But what have you done, Governor Ducey? You have created an excuse for agents of the state, National Guard and uh, police troops to go and assault people if they see them af out after 8 p.m. You think there's going to be due process? You think they're going to, oh, are you, you're going to get food? Oh, you're going to get medicine? You, oh, you're coming home from work? What, swing shifts just don't exist anymore? Really? I, I mean, I... Really, Governor? Yeah, and, and this nonsense. Or, or, or you're going down with the rest of the tyrants. This is absurd. That being said, are, were, are there any other big stories we missed here? Um, LA curfew was 4 p.m. You mentioned that, right? What was this? In LA. In LA. Michigan. Yeah, in Michigan, they've lifted the statewide stay-at-home order. Um. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for that tip. We're going to get to these stories tomorrow and cover this angle in uh, in a little bit more detail. Uh, in Michigan, positive story. I don't know if everybody caught this, but Michigan sheriff took off his helmet and marched with protesters. And uh, just piece of positive news: viral video going around with this guy's speech. Sheriff Christopher R. Swanson of Genesee County in Michigan stood before a crowd of protesters on Saturday and said we want to be with you all for real he said addressing the demonstrators i want to make this a parade not a protest 
And and this is the way to go with us. And the crowd chanted, walk with us. So they did, you know, he took off his helmet and he, he walked with them. And, you know, it's 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 tempting even as you know to say, ah, this is pandering. You know, like you're you're defending the system, but you know what? Let's let's celebrate a moment of coming together and and in uh, all of this showing that it it doesn't have to be the way it is everywhere else. And that's that's the beautiful power of the moment that Sheriff Swanson created in Michigan, as he showed that if police go out in good faith as friends, not as enemies, it's really easy to de-escalate. The protesters aren't the ones bringing the guns. That's that's you. You're you're in control that way. The law enforcement can set the tone for this expression of anger, even if it's all fabricated and manipulated and drummed up by the mainstream media. Law enforcement is choosing in the rest of the country to escalate, not de-escalate. This is what de-escalation looks like. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Wanky. Luke, where are you right now? I am in North Minneapolis. Uh, we are fully armed, and I'm not going to disclose my location because, you know, we have a really building network. This is international. We have a United Kingdom ambassador we, we've met at the store. I mean, people are walking around. This is This is the epicenter of what's going on in this country right now. You know, I come from, people that know me, I come from a resistance movement myself, upstate New York. It needs to be the state of Iroquois, and I'm very proudly displaying our flag here. And I've gotten to know a lot of these people, the Bujahideen. This is not something I've known about even a week ago. These are, these are physical workers of the anarchist movement. They are armed. They, they help people. They are building uh, what they are all about. They model themselves after the Afghanistan resistance against the Soviets. And, you know, yesterday we were out there uh, in Minneapolis with these protests, and it was peaceful, and then it got pretty nasty. Okay, Luke, I want to I want to go, we're, we're going to come back to, uh, well, we're going to come back to the issue of the Bujahideen and a full explanation of that term, uh, but but yes. first, tell, so for people who, who have no idea who you are, where did you come from in New York? Why did you decide that just, I mean, this is like a, a beautiful story just to say, because you just saw shit's going down in Minneapolis. I'm going to get there to back people up. Give us the rundown just of, of the last few days of, of how you got there, how you made this decision and your logistics so people have a sense of, of, of how you got to where you are right now. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm 28. I live in Olean, New York. That's uh, south of Buffalo near the Pennsylvania border. So I was the Cattaraugus County Libertarian Chairman, very active last year. Activities much different this year because of what's going on. But I've met these people through the Libertarian Party, you know. People are politically engaged in all different kinds of ways. So I was very upset to hear that someone I knew from the Internet, we're all people on the Internet, it seems. Uh, he was abandoned by several of his people, and I was very upset. And quite frankly, I'm not going to go to work you know, in Buffalo, in Rochester, as I do, when there's unpredictable protests. It's, it's been getting violent up there, too. I'm not going to work. Basically, I have nothing better to do. So I'm prepared to take a few weeks off of my life and be very hands-on with the situation here. And I've gotten to know a lot of people here in Minneapolis. Of course, it's a bigger city, so I'm going to meet more. But 
I, I don't want these people by themselves, and I'm getting entrenched in the situation more and more as this time goes on. We didn't know if we were going to go to Des Moines and then South Carolina as of today, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was tear gassed yesterday with the crowd, and my my tire was screwed with, so I, I'm definitely, you know, experiencing the same things these protesters are. They, a woman was. out crying out of her apartment building yesterday and oh we're losing you there luke but hey luke what, that's, what that's else what, luke, one, of, one of the first things that i, I want to get right to away. here hey, i'm sorry you're kind of you're kind of cutting in and out but a truck went through a crowd and here can you hear me you, you you're cutting out too i think it's you I think it's you that's cutting out. It's it's, it's showing my... Well, Luke, one, one of the things that I really want to get to here is the thing about the third precinct in Minneapolis. And that footage that you showed me, uh, was that you walking through the building? And, you know, that... Yes. We're going to get... Uh, CJ, if you could bring that up. Um, this, this, is, this is like... This is one of the clips where... All of my doubts were like, oh, yeah, they they really did. Yeah, okay. Wow. And that was this yep. morning. Yep. This was not as real to me as it is now until I saw well, that video. Well, I was there yesterday. I was there yesterday. I today. Yeah. So how did you, like, what's so, the um, scene like? You said that no, there aren't any police there. People In, in your video where you're doing the voiceover, uh, yeah, you want to play the audio with this one, CJ? It's probably poisonous to be in this room. It, it, I don't now, CJ, there's one more clip with them walking in through the front door. If you can find that one, please. I really want to share this with the audience and give Luke a chance to explain this footage. Because, you know, like I said, I had doubts when I, yes, this one, thank you. Like it's a theme park. Um, yeah. I, I go back to the very beginning of this, CJ, just so people can see that what, what people are, what they're actually walking into here. This is the, the main entrance. This is the door where you would walk in to file a police report. Like it's a theme park. Um, yeah. Yep. Cool. I mean, who knows what's been going on in this city? All these yep, yep, yep. Not a city people normally go to. So there has to be overlooked. It's like looking at the goddamn Titanic sinking, except it's a police station. But who knows what's been going on all these years? You know? And, um, right. Start to see if there's glass and everything all over the floor. Yeah, there's just people in here taking pictures of this police station. Shattered glass up there. It's hard to see too. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, it's, Luke, what can you tell us about that clip? 
Okay, so yeah, yesterday this was this was yesterday. Uh, I took these videos, and you know, we we parked the car in a very kind of hidden location uh, because I have a New York license plate. We don't want people to target my car. So we walked through town, and this police station is you know just a week ago it was a fully functioning police station. There's fencing all around the building now, and people are just walking in like it is a theme park location, like we're going on a little tour. Like, like think about Epcot when you're going through the different countries looking at this and that. It, 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 it kind of reminds me of that. It's like looking at a piece of history right up front and close. And I, I, I don't have it on me, but I have a few uh, things from that police station. I took a fingerprint scanning set and a, a pair of very torched boots I have. And I have a toy Nerf gun that was in a locker in the basement in the police station. People were down there with us just touring the place, looking, taking pictures. And, you know, th th this is one thing. The toy Nerf gun I have, th there was this, like, maybe 10-year-old black kid in the basement with us. And he pulled the Nerf gun out, and he pointed at me, and he's like, die, whitey. So I understood where he was coming from, and I said, no, no, I'm on your side. So I kept that toy Nerf gun because it kind of has a very simple but special wow. story. You know, be based on the culture of what goes on here. I've never, I've been all over the place. I've never had a a, a black kid do that to me before. So, like, like I'll say, you know, what an overlooked culture in this city. Who knows what's been going on all these years? But I mean, like it's like it's a museum at this point, and it reeks of ashes. You go in the basement, it's like you 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 could die if you stay down there an hour. So, mm -hmm. so aside from. So, Luke, aside from being there just generally in support of the call for justice for George Floyd mm -hmm. and, and supporting the protesters, what is your specific objective there and what is the significance of being armed? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Yesterday, we made quite a difference. It was just myself and um, someone else with the Bujahidin. We're just going to keep some people's identities secret. I, I, I have no problem exposing myself, but we, we were the only ones with guns like this. And... You know what? As someone who lives in the woods, seeing people, just a bunch of plain clothes looking people with guns, they are they are fist bumping us. They were they were you know handshaking us, and they were all getting pictures with us. We really stood out in the crowd. So just us being there is inspiring them to get armed as well. And my message to them every every video that was taken of me i said whatever government can point at you you should be able to point at it and they're just in it they're in absolute agreement and so it, it you know these people these are these are expensive i mean this is like over a thousand dollars you know so it it, it really gets them motivated yeah. to remind themselves that they themselves can stop george floyd situations from ever happening again right and and, uh, and, and just to be clear as much government you know as much as i can appreciate what it means to spend a thousand dollars on a rifle i i want i have to point out to everybody who is taking your message to heart here about equalization of force with government that you can get a shotgun for sixty dollars uh simple use pump action shot i mean i don't know maybe they're maybe they're a little pricier right now than they would normally be but for certainly less than a hundred dollars you can get a functional self-defense tool either a handgun or shotgun or even a, a basic function um ak-47 especially is a very cheap 
functional rifle, which is why they're so popular and in use all over the world. Of course, never forget that the point of this is peace. The point of this is nonviolence and de-escalation and supporting people asserting their right as Luke is, I think is all the more important in the political sense. And a big part of what he's doing with the nation of Iroquois is showing that you can declare your own nation. You can opt out of the United States or of any bigger government entity. It's a big part of what I'm personally working on with the United Nations of Freedom Project. I would personally like to see a state, but got a lot of people in that region of the world who want to separate from New York City. And it, it, it's not libertarian. It's a Republican, Democrat, nonpartisan thing. So we, will, we want to be Americans. I think we all care about what America should be, the Bill of Rights and all that. But right now, it does not feel like America. And, you know, we, we would hate to see the overthrow of a government that we, we this, this is not a normal year. I mean, we can all agree on right. that. Right. No, no. And, and yeah, look, this is, I what, come from some I, form of resistance. Yeah, no, I'm sorry for, for legally miscategorizing what you're doing with Iroquois. But the idea of people declaring sovereignty, saying we don't just we don't have to just do it this way because it's always been done that way. We're the millennials coming into power. We can redraw all the lines on the map if we feel like it. We want to localize. We want to create new communities. We want to declare our sovereignty as individuals first and foremost and say, I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value. And you can't force me into your centralized system without my consent. If I don't want to be a part of it, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm going to opt out. And with whatever way available to me, I'm going to defend my ability to do that and to be free. And so, Luke, you are really... You know, I, I have always respected your activism, especially organizing within the Libertarian Party, but also now, you know, getting out. I hope that you're able to do what you are doing in a way that continues to promote de-escalation. I, I really hope that this doesn't get further in, in where we see it going. While it's tempting to say, hey, yeah, if we, I push Rothbard's button. And if Rothbard's button has a little button next to it that says, burned out all the police precincts in America, I'd be like, yeah, push yeah, push the button. But we, we, we still want to keep our eye on the prize of the longer-term goal of, of peace and de-escalation. So I, I want to ask you one last question in, in kind of summing this up. As we see, you know, coronavirus and this is sort of like an escalation this year. We see all of this stuff planned manipulated, engineered, orchestrated, even the protests that you're going out a lot. They're, they're only happening because the mainstream media is blowing this up. If, if the grassroots protests without the mainstream media would be a lot less significant. So with that being said, is this coming to a flashpoint that we should be pushing towards or should we push to de-escalate this so that we can get back to the real progress? You know, myself and yourself, we're all just individuals. I mean, there's drive-by shootings in this city, and the cops are dying all across the country. So it's not de-escalating, but if we – well, there goes my flag. <laughs> um, but if we, if we personally intervene, we can absolutely de-escalate. Like I said, just these people seeing us fully armed uh, yesterday – it, it, it builds up their sense of self-esteem, knowing that they have someone on their side. And we, we de-escalate riots when the people in the riots feel stronger. If they feel helpless, they panic and they're thinking on emotion and they're charging towards the National Guard. And we're going to de-escalate it once they feel equal again. But we don't want any shots fired.
towards the National Guard. But like I said, it's very unfortunate that these things are happening out there right now. Right now, it's not de-escalating, but we are going to continue to personally intervene, as we've done yesterday, and it really made a difference. But today, whatever happens, we got to be with crowds. You never just go out there by yourself. You know, there's no, there's no centralized organization between with all these riots going on. So you never know what somebody's thinking. Um, it is absolutely possible to de-escalate this, but people need to feel equal. And the only way for them to feel equal is that they know they can uh, look yes. at the government eye eye. Yes. Yes. No, I, I love how what you are doing right now really is a manifestation of de-escalate and empower simultaneously. I think together that that, that really is a, a core part of the message for libertarians. And while things are violent, empowering means self-defense, standing up to police. I hope that your work is successful in de-escalation and that empowering people right now leads to enough de-escalation so that we can go back to empowering people in the deeper way through political activism, through reform of this and i hate to say reform because you know me i'm like i'm still like to me reform means dismantle right but that, that we can we can we can look to the, the long term we should do that anyway <laughs> of learning the lessons from all of this so luke any any last thoughts and then please how can people connect with you how do you want people to be able to get in touch with you right now all people find me on facebook they know i'm on facebook and twitter they know where to find me if you if you're just new to me find me it's luke winkies there's i have three facebooks luke marshall winky luke winky you'll notice which one is my political profile message me add me twitter me tweet at me message me um i it's very easy to i like I, i'm from a 14 hour drive away this is like a thousand miles so it's so possible don't come alone um, obviously, if you come with us, we are very easy to get along. These, these are local Minneapolis residents I'm with. I never knew them before yesterday. So you're, it is absolutely possible to just come up. It's a, where, wherever you're living right now, you are part of the bigger world. So, you, you know, just back home in Olean, they had a protest with several hundred people. And Olean's like 15,000 people, largest city in a 50-mile radius. You don't hear protests this large. Whatever's going on in the bigger world can absolutely trickle into your home areas. Um, and we don't want any violence. So please, if you can, come and help us with what we're doing. And it's going to empower more people, knowing that they have more people like this prepared to stand equal with them. It's a drive. Uh, flying might be a little risky these days, but, you know, my and everyone has a different work situation. But, and, you know, honestly, donating... Uh, uh, like things like milk and baking soda. When people get tear gassed, I didn't know this until yesterday. Milk and baking soda help people after getting tear gassed. Water makes it worse. So, good ways to donate and it just donate your your sense of physically being there. So, so definitely reach yeah. out to me. Beautiful, and we'll include the basic links so you can make sure you can find Luke on Facebook in the description in the show notes where you're seeing this. And uh, I, I, Luke, I, I told people we come back to the term Bujahideen later, and this is this is the internet meme of the libertarian underbelly. For people who don't know, look up the Boogaloo. 
B O O G A L O O, and it started. I, yeah, I, I, as I understand from my point of view with the libertarians, I've always mm. sensed that anarchists had some kind of discrimination against them with all of the libertarians. So the Bujahidin, this is not something I, I didn't know about this for maybe a week. They, they, these are physical. Uh, they do the physical work of anarchism. Okay, we can sit in the comment section all day and make our opinions heard, but the physical work, which is what we're doing, they're another decentralized organization, very small in numbers. They are modeling themselves after something in the Middle East. Um, but this is another internet subculture with with anarchist type people, and it is their goal. You know, it rests here first. It doesn't come from the top down authority, but it is their goal to stop the man from oppressing people because none of us voted for this shutdown so what the hell does democracy mean anymore and the Bujahidin is a, they are real people they have very hard lifestyles and very hard life backgrounds but there's no way that we have to support these people the Bujahidin look, look into them yes so yeah this this term was uh bastardized on the internet as a res in order to escape censorship boogaloo referring to the revolutionary civil war in a positive sense uh was censored by a lot of social media platforms so people started referring to it as the big igloo and that's why we have big igloo geodesics as our business name as a as an ode to that and our sort of peaceful way of achieving the boogaloo the revolution through homesteading through nonviolent means lifestyle adjustments through agorism and withdrawing your support materially from the system and so there was the term boog boys b-o-o-g space b-o-i-s boog boys as in the guys who and, and it's, it's this you know you call it an, an, an internet subculture even just this little corner of the internet where everybody knows who this meme that's, is. That's how people do these days. We're all on the internet. We haven't even met in person yet, Adam. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have gotten into the Libertarian Party if it weren't for my ability to prod the internet. So people need to just understand that the, the larger world is so accessible. I'm just some guy that delivered pizza for five years, for God's sakes. That we can, you can engage yourself in the larger world and help the, the Bujadid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll just say it, it's very exciting to see what to me was this fun meme fantasy internet subculture come to life and and evolve like into they, something they, they more tell boy b o i think they're they get all decked out in gear so i think that's what they're doing they give it a sense of fantasy too <laughs> well we will be following this story we'll be keeping up with you luke please keep the footage coming Happy to share that on, on our social media. And uh, if, if you have anybody else you think we should interview for, from the Bujahideen, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to make this platform available to get further into this topic. Thanks for joining us today, Luke. Thank you for having me on. Good to talk to you. All right, everybody. That's just about our show, except we have one critical super chat from Daniel Henry for $4.99. Pack full your peace pipe in the geodesic paradise of Gardenia. Uh, all right, is that is that it's it's, it's it's full enough we can smoke it. So we'll we'll take that as a request for four ninety nine. We will interrupt the show for for a chill them at the end of the day. Oh, CJ, put that comment back up. Thank you. All right. The second part here, uh, of course, that's that's the actual part I'm supposed to respond to. 
wish me luck protesting in Riverside, California later on this evening. Freedom and love. Good luck, Daniel. And uh, please keep us posted on this. Send in. Uh, if you ever want anything included in the show, Adam at thefreedomline.com or producer at thefreedomline.com to get CJ directly. And there it is, thefreedomline.com. Sign up for alerts wherever you can. Don't wait for YouTube or Facebook to tell you when and where the show's going to be. <coughs> well, that last one really got to my throat. What other hot comments before we say goodbye, Mr. Freedom? Mm, let's see. Adam, what's up with Spike? He doesn't seem to take this seriously. Why is he the it doesn't seem to. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen any indication of him not taking this seriously. Like the the t shirt, taking his shirt off on a podcast thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not. Problem. I'm not going to argue with it. I wouldn't do it. I. I. There's like I've made videos with my shirt off before. It's no big deal by itself. You know, Gary Johnson was you know had his shirt off for with his bike. You know, profiled for GQ. I, I think sitting in your studio with your shirt off for a podcast, it's like, eh, I hope you had a good reason to do it. I hope I hope it was a funny moment for people who are actually watching and how people are debating, should, should he take your shirt off or not? I'm like, it's, yeah, I disagree, but that's such a minor stylistic thing. Is he not take? is he turning down an interview? I mean, what do you do What is as the VP nominee right now? What's your job? Take interviews that the, the presidential nominee can't get to and do create supportive content on social media. Like that's it. Like there's, there's no events like I mean, organize fund, fund make fundraising calls. Like I, no one is real. I, I, if, if you're going to make that comment or accusation about spike, you know, back it up with something other than, well, he took a shirt off for a podcast once. Well, he- his website is silly what would you expect yeah i mean why that, that, that I'm, i was a little surprised that, that he got the nomination but it's a very interesting process we're not going to get into now cj has put up on the screen a comment via youtube from Iraq, e-r-a-k what exactly happens when police pull you over in the U.S. and you have open carry, do you have the right to defend yourself from the police officer? That's a great question. And I have had incidents where I've run-ins with police when I've been open carrying. Um, when I've been carrying in a vehicle as well, I've been pulled over. Uh, I've gone through border patrol checkpoints with firearms. And it's a complicated answer. But basically, you have to declare... You, and and you don't have to, but you should, because of the security situation, if you're in a run with a, a police officer and you have weapons on you of any kind, you just, officer, I am, you know, rec- recognizing that you are not, you know, that, that you are part of the bigger gang and I am not challenging you with force. Here are my weapons, you know, and as long as you present it that way, you know, you're, you're, relatively safe the question is i mean we who was the was it um philando castile was that his name it was another guy shot was it was it also was that also minnesota somewhere north midwest anyway like it was a black dude getting pulled over says hey i'm armed i have my concealed carry permit i'm going to get my license and 
the cop just like had a brain fart and was like, he must be going for his gun to shoot me and shot him just right, right there in the chest. I was like, whoa. Fedor Shinkarenko from YouTube. CJ getting that on the screen. Cops are the victims of the ruling class too. Yeah. Hard to feel sorry for them. As vi I, are they victims or accomplices? I mean, you can, you're both, right? Um, but I think they're more accomplices there. All right. Well, with that being said, that's our show for today. We got a lot to get into tomorrow. Buckle up. It's a good time to be tuned in to Adam versus the man. Peace and love, y'all.